That Paper, the show where we talk about all the crazy jobs we do to make the cash we need to pursue our artistic dreams. And to live out our mother's dreams of being a bona fide globetrotter. We're talking about the old putting asses in the chaps hustle, or the slinging Java job, or the Etsy store that seemed like a great idea at the time gig. We are your hosts, Jamie Parker Stickle. And Jason Bieber. And on this episode, we are digging into the backstory of an award-winning writer whose work has appeared in the New York Times, the Washington Post, the Los Angeles Times, and her new memoir, Braver Than You Think, was published last month. It is so, so good. Oh my God, you turned into like the Brady kid who's like voice cracked. Peter, was it Peter? It's Peter and I'm tired, but I'm really excited. Like this was like a long time coming. Like I was like waiting and waiting and waiting. And now it's here. And, and we here. will, we will talk about her memoir and we'll talk about her work as a journalist. But we are here on the Make That Paper podcast to talk about all those down and dirty jobs she's done along the way. And she's done a lot. And I think it's funny you didn't know that that was her, like, Twitter handle. Not at all. I know. It's so cool. This lady has had as many weird and varied jobs as I have. Some and the fact are... that you wrote that is, like, you called us weird. Yeah. <laughs> I stand by it. The fact that you guys have had so many jobs, and a lot of them, I mean, it actually seems inevitable that you guys have had many of the same jobs. I know. The same jobs. We've For any the same two things. people to have this many jobs, some of them are going to have to have been the same. Okay, listen, listen. I'm a little nervous to talk to her because this book, Braver Than You Think by Maggie Downs, was so good. It makes me feel like I'll never be able to sell a book. That's what we're talking about here. It actually, it's so darn good. Okay, please, please, without further ado, welcome to the podcast, our new, very good friend and an incredible, talented writer, Maggie Downs. Thank you, Maggie. Yay. Yay. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm serious, though, about this book. I'm not just blowing steam up anyone's butts here. Like, steam would hurt. <laughs> Smoke. Smoke. <laughs> I'm bad with cliches. Um, we started this episode by steaming someone's butt. <laughs> Some people do that, uh, or that's bleaching. Um, but it's. I think that would also hurt. I know this is like a goop podcast now. So it's just, <laughs> it you guys, I played Gwyneth in a sketch show, so it's cool. Um, this book, though, was it is. It's it's really good. If I told everyone to buy it before they listen to this podcast, I don't know they're going to definitely buy it now. So hopefully we'll see sales tick up. Perfect. I love that. <laughs> if you're listening to the podcast right now and you haven't bought the book yet, you've already failed, Jamie. You failed me and I'm putting a link. Uh, don't worry, the link is going to be in the show. We're going to put links up to independent bookstores. But if you can't do an independent bookstore, that's okay. Go to Amazon. We're, I'm not going to judge you, but listen, support writers and support bookstores. And uh, that's my... So I think we should start a, a, a book delivery service that just hires writers to deliver books directly to people. I love that. You know, a side hustle that I was considering was being a book concierge to Ooh. recommend books to people. Like, like you know how people are always like, oh, I need a new book to read. I like fiction that's like, you know, a walk in the park, but it kind of takes you by surprise at the end. And you're like, oh, I know the perfect book for you. Or maybe you don't know that, but I know the perfect book for that person, and I could recommend a few books. So I think that's I'd, great. But who will pay for that? Because there are algorithms that do this, right? Well, yeah, but I'll tell. Okay, so that's what I felt like 
when I went and applied to be an employee at Barnes and Noble, and no, I didn't get hired because they have very high standards and I did <laughs> not meet the bar. They told me like, you're like, you don't read the bar. Um, sorry, Jamie. Sorry, you Jamie. You don't read good. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't get it, but they were like, no. You um, can work at the coffee counter. But I think I spent a lot of time talking about books I liked and it was like, they weren't interested in that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, but don't people come in looking like for that red cover book? And I'll be like, I know books with red covers. <laughs> right. <laughs> she takes it straight genre? to the children's section. <laughs> <laughs> the red balloon. This is it, right? <laughs> Maggie, I'm going to help you with this because I think it's a good idea. I think I, that it's a website and it's super easy or it's an Instagram. And you're like, I was thinking actually like boutique hotels. You know, like I live in Palm Springs where there are tons of these places that want to have a very like customized, curated experience for their guests. And I can help them do that. I mean, what else do you do in Palm Springs? I mean, I've been there on vacation a couple of times, like twice, Mm -hmm. but it was like, you sit at a pool, you look at people and you read. That is the experience of Palm Springs. I mean, I went to a gay nightclub and it was probably the best nightclub I've ever been to in my whole 40 years of life. Like I, I like literally was like, wow, nobody's looking at me and I can dance. Was it two cans? Oh, it might've been. <laughs> might've been. Yeah. But the brilliant part is nobody was like staring at you, giving you any side. Eye. I mean, it was just like, yeah. dang it. That was good times. I felt weird. Well, well, I've been to that, that nightclub and I have been grinded on by the then mayor of Palm Springs. <laughs> it was not Jerry Springer. Was it Sonny Bono? No, no. <laughs> no it wasn't Sonny Bono. <laughs> he was our congressman and he died oh. before I moved here. Yeah. Oh, well. But I don't know a lot of the politicians in Palm Springs, so I'm, I'm you know, reaching for what I've got. Yeah, no, that's that's a very good guess. <laughs> I don't understand why Palm Springs would hire or elect. It was the mayor. It was the mayor. How does Palm Springs elect a mayor who's going to grind on women? No, oh no, he was no, he was very very gay. Oh, okay. But, well, then yeah. it's totally fine. Okay, I was no. going to say like, what no, are we no. doing here, guys? Mm-hmm. No, no, we were just grinding together. At, a few cans, you just awesome. we, it's group grind. I know it was group wonderful. Grind. It, it was. It, it is. It, it's the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. It's so much better than Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, here that. I couldn't even get into a club. I just stand outside in a line. So there was no dancing happening at all. So, um, but that's another story <laughs> altogether. We're just in the line outside the club, bopping You guys, around. I will edit this out probably, and Jason will be like, no, I don't want to edit it out. Every time, she, every time I get to the editing, like, we'll edit this out. I'm like, fuck, I was going to leave it in. When I first moved here 20-some odd years ago, um, I did get into a nightclub because a gentleman I was dating, a boy, uh, he had a friend who had money. And so he was like, listen, we're going to go to this club. My friend is promoting the night, because I guess that was a thing, like promoters. So we went, and guess who was there? Not hitting on me, but I saw him who he was hitting on. Matthew McConaughey with hair plugs. With mm. hair plugs at the time. He was not like the Matthew McConaughey we know now, right? Right. And I was like, why do I know that guy? And someone was like, shh, 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 shh. And I was like, okay. And then later I found out it was, what? It make you feel bad? You know, 
I have seen Matthew McConaughey at a club out here because sooner or later, everyone comes to Palm Springs sure. and they're, yeah. they're out here to relax and they go to one of our like weirdo kind of skeezy clubs <laughs> and, and that's where you'll see Matthew McConaughey. That's awesome. Yeah, see, I know. It's wonderful. I love living here. That's, I, we don't get that. We, we don't do anything though. No. And I never have to pay to park. I get so angry when I go to actual cities and they ask me to park and I, I have like this whole theory, you know, I get very upset and I'm like, it's just land. You right. can't ask me to pay for land just to park there, just to pause there. Well, so anyway, they're, they're I know. asking you to pay not to walk from far away. Right. <laughs> it's, it's the worst. We go to New York a lot. Well, not this year because that's where Jason's from and all his family's there and everything irritates me about New York. I can't believe I was supposed to move there before stuff happened. Um, I, I can't, I can't with the parking and like the what you have to call ahead for your car. Like you can't just go then and get your car. It's like a four, you have to know 45 minutes in advance that you're going to want to go someplace oh, in your own car. Best, at best. It's, it's beyond me or to like rent a car from like Hertz. You have to take six cabs and an Uber to get it. And then you're like, what? I mean, it was like, it's just the most frustrating experience. Why do people live in the city? So they can get COVID easier. Jason Bieber. <laughs> we're gonna, first of all, I can't with that. We're going to talk about leather chaps for a minute. Yeah. Okay. Um, was Which is a, a weird segue, but you'll weird, understand it in a second. Because I wanna, I, I was in Palm Springs for Pride Week once. Mm -hmm. uh, this is one of my visits because uh, my girlfriend is gay and her uncle lived there, and we went and because um, she wanted to celebrate. And um, there were a lot of chaps. Were you measuring people? <laughs> <laughs> and there was nothing behind them. Wait, 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 right. Take, take a step back. So, so yes. You were yes. doing you were doing chaps, but not in Palm Springs. Not in Palm Springs. I do know a lot about chaps, and I can take you back in time a little. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> so, okay. He's on down so that road. <laughs> I I used to frequent a bar called the Smiling Skull Saloon. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh my sure. Naturally. And right at the Smiling Skull Saloon, which I is met in Athens, Ohio. Athens, Ohio. Okay. Yeah, I met a man. Uh, his name, of course, was Johnny Marathon. Johnny Marathon. <laughs> and Johnny, Johnny Marathon had this gig selling leather at biker shows. Ooh. And we got along really well. He liked my attitude, like my go get him attitude. And he was like, girl, I think you could sell leather for me. Mm -hmm. And I needed money. So, so I... Of course, I leapt at that opportunity. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm leaping at that opportunity if it presents itself right, right now. Jane, so you could sell leather. I could sell leather. So Johnny taught me how to fit people for chaps, how to measure them, um, which it's only difficult because you need to get like the thigh measurement right. Otherwise, there's like, there's like a pooch on the inner thigh that's not very... It's, it can be unsightly. <laughs> <laughs> no one likes a poochie set right. of chaps. 
Right. I'm trying to get the straight face so she can tell the story. <laughs> I'm like, mm-hmm. So, this story is going to be the entire hour of this podcast. Right. Um, I'm so excited. <laughs> so Johnny taught me how to measure people for chaps. Like we had many pitchers of beer to discuss this, to discuss the logistics of this. I would sell chaps for him at leather shows. And he struck me a deal, which I was 20 years old at the time. Uh, I had a fake ID to get into the smiling skull. Yeah. 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 Um, so he would pay me either in money or leather and my my choice it was my choice yeah yeah so and i was like this sounds great this sounds like the deal of a lifetime and so we began um traveling like i was still a college student at the time um so i was journalism and also pre-law and getting into an RV with Johnny Marathon and driving around the Midwest to the premier biker shows. <laughs> yes. And then all checks. This yeah. makes sense. This sounds and like a brother. It was, it was great. And Johnny was like, make sure you wear something black, preferably lace. And so like, I would go to these biker shows, I would fit people for chaps, but also people would be like, Hey girl, let me take a picture of you. Right. (laughs) Like that kind of thing. So I would like lean on a bike and they would take a picture. Usually those disposable cameras were very popular then. So like they'd take a picture and then, yeah. And then the noise. Um, And then our last biker show was in Chicago. And, um, And on the way, as we were leaving Chicago, um, Johnny and I, we might have had some recreational um, activities. Experiences. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But I was on uppers and he was on downers. So we decided that I would drive. Smart. Yeah. I mean, we were very... If someone's going to, yeah. You you did that once from uh, Jersey gambling thing yes yeah. from, from atlantic city yes <laughs> yeah he had to yeah. do that once too. yeah we know yeah but i was nervous about driving an rv that also had um like a tow hitch on the back oh, with with God. a trailer full of merchandise and there was a storm so i said johnny i'm really scared to drive this i've never driven anything this big before and he was like it's no problem you do the pedals i'll do the steering wheel and I was like, well, that makes again, again, yeah. a great plan. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I was in the driver's seat. I was driving the vehicle, doing the pedals. Johnny had the steering wheel. And then he started. This is a pause. song. This is a I country know. song. Johnny had the wheel. Johnny had the, Johnny take the wheel. And, <laughs> and then. Yeah, here, here, here. Johnny started to fall asleep. Rolled in. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. So, so Johnny had the wheel, like kind of tugged at the wheel, and I grabbed the wheel back from him. But I overcompensated, and we went off the side of the road, off a bridge, like a small bridge, not oh. a big bridge. But okay. we we went off the side of the road, off a bridge, down into a ravine. We rolled. And there was a moment where I was like checking 
to make sure my entire body was still there. Like I still have a face, I still have arms, I, like I still have all of this. And um, and we we were kind of sideways. Johnny was okay. Johnny helped me out of the vehicle and looked behind us. And the trailer full of merchandise had like exploded into this creek and there was just leather everywhere. Oh my God. <laughs> and, and some bikers had been following us. These bikers knew Johnny Marathon and the bikers pulled over. They uh, took all of Johnny's um, drugs and guns and they said, we will meet you at, at there's a motel at the next um, exit. We'll meet you there later after you deal with the police and everything. So the police came, we dealt with the police. We finally got to the motel and you know the other bikers had all the all the drugs had all the liquor had all the guns and we had no choice but to stay up all night and just like have a party like oh right. my god we made it out of this yeah. um and i had to call my pre-law professor in the morning and say i'm still in chicago um i've had a mishap like a little traffic accident um and, and Johnny did, to his word, he did pay me in leather, which it, it was stupid of me. I almost always chose leather to be paid in, which is dumb because leather doesn't pay a phone bill, but, but I still have the leather. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, leather I mean, what was he paying you in like leather jackets, leather skirts? So I have, I have some leather pants from that era and I have two leather jackets from that that time i don't know it's pretty badass i mean i i feel like i probably would have chosen I, not wisely also i would have and then gotten another job to, right like right my thinking would have been like pay me in leather and i'll get another job that's going to pay me in cash yes yes exactly yeah that's the that's only the practical way, solution that's how we think that's why yeah. we have lots of jobs right <laughs> I get it. I, I get have, you. I do have two questions about about this. One, right. um, so this was to support you as a as a student study as a student, right? You're not a student and like up and coming writer because yeah. I was about to leave college and I couldn't afford to move to a city and take an un unpaid internship. Right. So I was trying to get enough money to do that, and, and I was like never rent leather. Yeah, right. <laughs> I understand your question is podcast worthy, but my question is I did I did have a second question. Johnny Marathon's still alive. Oh yeah. Yeah. Johnny Marathon is still alive. And I went back to my college town a couple of years after I graduated. I went back to the Smiling Skull Saloon. And of course, Johnny Marathon was still at the Smiling Skull, and he was grateful that I had wrecked his, that I had completely totaled his RV, because with the insurance money, he was able to purchase a far superior RV, and he was still traveling around to biker shows. That's amazing. Yeah. How old is Johnny Marathon? I, well, he was ancient when I was in college, so he was probably been. like 40. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 40, but it, there's something um, that I like. I think biker people are like uh, desert people and it's all that wind that smacks your face so hard um, where it's 40 that looks like 60. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's the literal version of road hard. And yes. <laughs> right. Exactly. Because, you know, we, um, 
we have property in Joshua Tree, and so we're there often, and we have this game. We try to guess the ages of the people. We're like, that woman looks like a lizard person, like her skin is coming off her bones, but she's probably the same age as me. Yeah, we're, mm -hmm. I'm gonna go with we're the same age. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you can't yeah. tell, you cannot tell. Also, I feel like I look like that every time I come back from the desert. I just feel like I look like that in general. Yeah, the desert hits you hard, man. It does, it does. My other question, and this mm -hmm. is really just for me, but it's a question I've had for a long time before mm -hmm. I knew that you were in the business. What is the functional purpose of chaps? Oh, yeah. Mm. On a bike, isn't it just protective? It is just protective, yeah. But like, why no crotch? I would want my crotch protected. <laughs> I think it's so that it has more um, mobility, like it's more flexible than like leather pants. It, it's still like, it's kind of, it gives you some aeration. Ah, breathability. <laughs> yes. She's selling me on shops right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, she can't get, she can leave the job, but the job will never leave her. <laughs> I do remember Are you Johnny wearing black lace right now? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, that's the question that I had in my head. Why not white lace? I feel like, yeah, why black? Know. I mean, I mean, he should have given you an option, but you're 20, you're virginal. I'm thinking tropes with leather and the bikers. Like, you should have been in white lace. You know what? Johnny needed me to help tell him how to dress his girls. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's where I'm yeah. making the leather. Johnny's <laughs> cool. Johnny I do remember Johnny like selling me on going to these biker shows and he was like, you know what? I will take care of you. I will buy the good cold cuts for when we have sandwiches <laughs> on the road. Boar's head? And, was it boar's head? And, and I was like, yeah, that sounds great. I'll be honest. So much better than like, cold cuts right now. I would yeah, take the job. Amazing. Is that the only time you traveled on the road with him or did you do a couple shows with him? I, I did a few shows with Johnny. Um, so I'm from Detroit, so we're not far from each other where we grew up. Um, and I went to college in, in Michigan. I went to Michigan State. So uh, my last year there and then for like a year or two after, I did the, um, I toured with the auto shows. And I feel it's a lot like traveling with uh, Johnny Marathon. Like, yes. You people do their camera. Can I take a picture with you? Mm -hmm. And honestly, half the time I would say, no, it's not in my contract. <laughs> I don't know what they're going to do with that picture because it's always creepy biker guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's who I listen, biker guys. I'm not saying you're all creepy. You're not even listening to this podcast, but if you are, you're not all creepy, but it's like, you know, I don't know what it is. And they want you to lay on a car. They want you to open the car door. They didn't even allow us when I was doing it to wear anything but business suits. Like they had business suits made for us at this point because <laughs> before in previous years, women were, they would have, you know, little dresses. Some of the car people still made them wear little dresses, but I worked for GM and they were like suit, blazer and pants. But other girls had on mini skirts and, you know, lace, black lace, black lace or white yeah. lace. Yeah. Um, but the dudes and the dudes you travel with, the techies, and like the guys that come and clean the cars, very much like uh, like Johnny Marathons. Come on, I'll treat well, you. Well, I feel like in the disposable camera era, it was a more naive time because I was like, well, what can you do with a picture? Yeah. <laughs> it's true. There's a 50-50 chance that ever gets developed. Right, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
my mom just had instilled in me like these my, so my mom is is very um what's the word um I'm not feeling this in. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many words for my mom. My mom's quite Love you, Gail. She's quite prude and yet not prude at all. Like, but anyways, for her children, it was very conservative, prude, whatever. Uh, so she would instill in us like, oh, you know, if a man wants to take a picture of you, it's so he can, you know, masturbate or something. And you were like, oh my God, what? I mean, it was like terrifying. She terrified she us. She was right about that. <laughs> So I would think about that when some creepy old man was like, can I take a picture with you? I'd be like, uh, yep. nope. Yeah. Nope. I do remember and like nice. there was a definitive shift when I went to um, this party called Fantasy Fest in Key West, yes. which is like, it's sure. Halloween, but naked. Like everyone gets their bodies painted and whatnot. And, and I was so ready to be like out with my girlfriends and just, going crazy like just having a great wild time and then the cruise for um girls gone wild showed up and i was mm. like no i don't want to be that person like, right. <laughs> right this is for me this oh. is not for yeah me. thing they don't pay cash either they pay in drink exchange yeah. right <laughs> yeah that's not so even I, leather right i feel like those girls got the wrong lesson like a leather beer cozy or anything <laughs> <laughs> oh the 90s i appreciate that story so much because i feel like that explains so many side hustles i'm not gonna lie maggie you obviously got that job because you're charming and pretty and your um, threshold <laughs> is pretty low for what you're willing to do. <laughs> right. i mean if you tell me you're getting the good cold cuts i'll do just about <laughs> anything <laughs> I don't know that he would have offered Jason Bieber the good cold cuts. Right. <laughs> I did not get good cold cuts on a cruise ship. No, you didn't. I did not get cold, good cold cuts when I was working for the talent manager. And no one was paying you in leather. But I'll tell you this. If we were doing this in person and not over Zoom, we would get you good cold cuts. Thank I think you some good. Well, no, she's a vegetarian. Perfect. Yeah. Um, Wait a second. It's the thought that can, well, now I am, but. Now you are. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. The leather was made in India. Okay, listen. Um, <laughs> wait a second. <laughs> but wait, wait. She okay. still has the leather. She can because it was pre. It would be wasteful it to would get be wasteful. rid of it at this, at this point. point. Yeah. You, a cow listen. would have died in vain. Yeah, you have to rationalize it. Mm -hmm. Stop not rationalizing, Bieber. <laughs> um, but what I really, the, the next thing I want to talk about just briefly, because I briefly shared this experience. And what gets me is that you specifically said, I was not good at any of these jobs. I too was a barista. And much like the Barnes and Noble experience, <laughs> they really wanted to fire me because I was not good at this job. Mm -hmm. But they yes. felt very bad. And the customers liked me, but I was very bad at this job. Can we just talk about your... Before I admit to anything, tell me about your experience being a barista. Well, I was terrible and I was in fact fired from that job. <laughs> Did you tell us where you were baristing? So I was at Gloria Jean's Coffee Company at yes. a mall. Yes. Yes. I'm and very I, Gloria. 
I also worked at the Walden Books in the mall. So I would go from my barista job where all I did was drink black coffee and ate espresso beans all day and go to my job at Walden Books where all I would do is pee and like jitter. Like I was just vibrating. I was thinking about switching your shifts. <laughs> no, don't you recall? This is exactly what I did. I went from my Starbucks barista job in a mall, outdoor mall in Brentwood to my makeup job at Macy's and like j try oh. to put black eyeliner on women and sell them hundreds of dollars of skincare. Keep going. This is yeah. my life. Yeah. Yeah. At one point, my boss pulled me aside at Walden Books and she said, are you okay? Like, I noticed you're very jittery. You're always on edge. Like you go to the bathroom a lot. And I think she wanted to have an intervention. And I was like, it's coffee. I just have a lot of coffee. And then you ran through the wall and left a Roger Rabbit cut out. Was this here but, in California? No, no, that was in Ohio. But just before that, I had had a job working at yep. Toys R Us because I thought, oh, toys, like I like kids, you know, oh, and no. I like toys. <laughs> toys are, will be great. And it turns out working in a toy store is horrible because yes. you have to deal with the parents and the parents are crazy. They, they are Tasmanian devils. They As are. parents who buy toys, I'd like to know what you're talking about. I <laughs> I get this because I, one summer, two summers, um, in college, I, um, was a camp counselor over the summer, but it was day camp. It was an overnight camp. So it was Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. And oh my God, those kids were awesome. I wouldn't have the energy for it now. Like I love it. I appreciate teachers because I don't know how they can sustain that for a full school year, but, um, it was full great. 15 minutes. But the parents would come. And they were crazy. And they would be like, can you come babysit? Can you come nanny? Can you do this on the week? I mean, like they wanted more from you. And you were like, I, what? I'm just, I don't know what to do right now. And it was nonstop. And how was my child? And how did my child grow today? And how did the, and you were like, dude, we played soccer and we read a book. Yeah. I mean, that was all I did. Yeah. Toys R Us was so terrible that there was one day I was working at the cash register and I moved an entire kiosk to close my my aisle, my register, um, my lane, whatever it's called. And I moved a whole kiosk in front of it. I told a line of people, I'm sorry, I'm closed. And I walked out and I never went back to that job. Smart. <laughs> you knew I how to get out of a job. Yeah. I didn't even really quit. I just ghosted them. Because I did that, <laughs> I did that. I had to keep my barista job and my bookstore job. Like those were the last jobs I had left. So um so yeah, to Walden the Walden Books boss, I was like, no, no, I just I drink a lot of coffee and and then I really had to try to control like the fact that I was thrumming for like six hours a night. How old were you when you were working at the coffee shop? So I was trying to balance out the lack of money I was getting as a newspaper reporter. So I yeah. was probably like 22 or 23. Mm -hmm. And so this is, this when is I after Johnny Marathon. After Johnny Marathon. After Johnny Marathon. Yeah, yeah I was, um, I was a, um, 
so I was a PA and in uh, uh, television news. So I worked at ABC in Detroit and then I was at NBC Detroit and we only made like eight bucks an hour. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you know, 40, sometimes 60 hours a week, eight bucks an hour, no health. So that's why I got the makeup job <clears throat> with prescriptives. And so I was at Macy's. So it was balancing out those hours, you know, like it mm-hmm. wasn't enough money to do anything. Yeah. So I had to work like multiple, multiple jobs. Um, so I totally, I get that a hundred percent. And then you're like, I shouldn't be 23 with a hole in my gut. I should just <laughs> like, I shouldn't wake up vomiting at five in the morning. Like age. I would remember, uh, I remember asking my coworkers, um, like at the time Subway, the, you know, the restaurant, <laughs> The sandwich art, art, the artisan shop, the sandwich artisan. Subway had like a frequent buyer card where they would give out little stickers and I would collect my coworkers stickers because I was completely living on six inch meatball subs. Mm. They were the best ones too. Those are the best ones. Those are the best ones, but I didn't live on those. I lived on the double decker taco supreme minus the meat. Mm. Because I eat mostly vegetarian if I don't get stuff at yeah. home. But, um, I, was, I was Taco Bell because it was cheaper mm-hmm. for me. It was like $2.73 with tax. Yeah. I mean, I was, that's true. You just need the stickers and then you can cash it in for free. And I had a dog at the time and the dog would often eat the meatballs and I would eat the bread. That's how, like, and it all was the such free a, veggies. a sad, yeah. Sad broke life. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta be honest like it it's so interesting because your book you okay I'm gonna talk about the book for a second and how, this, the book for a the, second. how it brings it in because I think um you never know with a memoir like specifically what you're gonna get because you don't know if you're gonna relate to it or not relate to it and all that stuff but your book is so relatable and you and you had to learn to live working minimally you know, spending minimally, living off what you had and what you could earn from the traveling that you were doing, you know? And at the same time, you did take jobs, a lot of volunteer work, but also I think, I'm not sure if you got paid for like tutoring or anything like that, but but certainly um, I don't think you could have done what you did without having had the experience of having all those other jobs, right? Mm -hmm. Without, I don't think anybody could have done what you did without understanding the value of a dollar and, and how far food can, how far that can get you food and, you know, living sort of meagerly, if you will, and, and struggling. I don't think, I don't think somebody who hadn't prepared themselves could have done as much as you did in for a full year. I mean, it's extraordinary, really, you know, it's going to make me start crying because it <laughs> makes me think about like when you really want something and you're driven to that thing and it's something that's very important to you which is how i feel about my journey to california you do whatever you can to sustain and to keep going you know mm-hmm. like the dream was bigger mm-hmm. than the sacrifices you were making to do it yeah um so i don't know if that was a summary at all but it it's a very touching book because it hits on so many of those levels right like it's talks about like your passion for the thing that you had to do this thing that you had to accomplish <clears throat> 
it, you know, I'm not going to lie to people there, you know, there's loss in here. Like your mom has Alzheimer's. And so it's a journey that, you know, your mom wanted to take and you're doing it sort of for both of you, but a lot for yourself in a healing process. But also I think you like, it just, when you read a memoir, you want to discover yourself through somebody else, mm-hmm. especially for me anyways. And so that's what this did. Um, braver than you think. And it was so good because anyways, yes. So my whole point in my thought coming circling back was though, I don't know. I don't know. I think everything you did in your twenties led you to be able to do this, take this journey. Right. You made no mistakes. It was like the universe training you for this ultimate thing that you did, you know? That's a good point. And I never really made that connection before. Um, but you know, because I spent so much of my twenties just broke and working so many jobs, like I always thought travel was so unattainable and so out of reach. And it was for other people or people like who had a gap year or trust fund kids or, right. you know, um, totally and, understand. It, and it seemed like something that wealthy people did. And, and then there was a certain point where I just thought I have to make this work and I can make this work on not a lot of money as long as I travel slowly because I think like traveling quickly with lots of flights and staying at hotels and things like that that's where the it really adds up but if you stay in a place and get to know it and and I did do a lot of volunteer work for a couple of reasons because it was good for my budget to stay in a place for a while but also I wanted to um I didn't want to leave a place worse than when I got there. And I think a lot of travel does that, you know, like the people just come in and, and they fuck shit up and then they leave. And yeah. then, and you, I um, love that you address that in here. And yeah, it, I mean, that's very, very smart. Yeah. And I didn't want to be that person, but also volunteering or get like trying to do some work in a place, it automatically injects you into a community. And so it automatically gave me those inroads and helped me understand a place more than I would have like on a surface level, just as a sightseer or a tourist. Yeah, that's it. That's, it's awesome. It's awesome. Um, okay. Sorry. I detoured us for a second and I almost lost it <laughs> and started crying because I mean, it was so good. Um, uh, okay. So there's another one we wanted to talk about. There's mm-hmm. two. There's 10, but there's one. But there's one that Jason Bieber really wants to get into. <laughs> okay, let's do it. I'm going to let it go. Let's go. So um, I, I am interested in, in, in the redact, we'll call it the redacted job. <laughs> I like the word redacted. That's why I'm like, <laughs> the redacted job. But I'm also, I'm really interested in this marketing job that you had, uh, or PR job, where you were, you were asked to make what you were writing more confusing and and I, please tell us about it and, and explain what I just said badly. Right. <laughs> well. So um, I was a contractor for a, um, a marketing firm that works mostly with government agencies. And, um, and so in what, I, in what area or everywhere? Um, you everywhere. don't have to say if, if you everywhere. can't, yeah. Everywhere. But um but they uh, primarily deal with a lot of um, water agencies. And so I was writing um, press materials, like press releases, mm-hmm. radio scripts, um, 
And then what they call consumer confidence reports, which are the um, brochures that people get mailed by their water company that nobody really looks at. <laughs> but I it's... <laughs> I read them. This yeah. guy reads them. The teardrop from uh, right. <laughs> Joshua Water Basin. I read them. Yeah. Uh, so I wrote those. Um, maybe not the ones you were looking at, but but I wrote a lot of those. And then some of the things were like, it just seemed like very easy work to me at first when they were giving me the assignment. Like we need like water conservation tips for this calendar, like one tip per month, like use a low flow shower head, that kind of thing. And so, um, so I did that and I'm really, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited about the environment and, um, and want to stop climate change and things like that. So mm -hmm. uh, obviously I'm I'm on the side of the earth here, right? So when you tell me to come up with water conservation tips, I'm going to come up with tips that actually conserve water. But at that point, my boss at this place stepped in and was like, whoa, 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 your water tips, your water conservation tips actually mean people would be conserving water. <laughs> and as a water agency, they can't have that. Yeah. So we need you to write all of these things again, but more confusing. <laughs> and at that point, it was like, it kind of felt like I was working for like big tobacco or something. Yes, yes. you were. <laughs> big water. Yeah. Exactly. We want you to save water, but keep buying it. You right. <laughs> so Nestle save water, but name. kind of. Yeah. <laughs> God. Yeah. We were the same way with hiding sugar and additives in, in um, the candy bars and the performance bars when mm -hmm. I worked at Nestle. Yeah. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? Yes. Yeah. It's crazy pants, right? Yeah. Yeah. It turns out that a lot of people are lying to you. <laughs> so, <gasps> so which, yeah. Which brings me to something... I'm going to go on a tangent for one second, you guys. I just got to stay <laughs> off Facebook because I, because we have a home in the desert, like I'm on the desert group um, Facebook page and there's a lot of, I'm patriotic. We're all patriotic, but patriots. Mm. <laughs> and somebody wrote <laughs> yesterday, like who wants to have a patriots parade and it's going to be red, white, and blue. And we're going to tell people that we love it and love America. And somebody was talking about water and Joshua trees and preservation. And they were like, can I say what I'm upset about in this government, local government? <laughs> and they were like, no, no, the company's great. We're doing fine. And Joshua trees shouldn't be preserved anymore. If they're blocking my driveway, then we need to chop them down. And I was like, or build the driveway in a different spot. I don't know. <laughs> No, the driveways here are dirt. <laughs> like, but it's, yeah. it's dirt, exactly. Yeah. They're all yeah. it's all dirt road. And I was like, when I read that you literally just drive out the back yeah, of your right. property. Yeah. My point is you don't know that they're being lied to about water. Yeah. They I literally know. don't know. They believe that these big companies and big corporations and listen, I don't believe all the people that work for these companies. I worked for one, you worked for one. I mean, like you worked, I mean I don't know. We're not bad people, but somebody's bad. Somebody's yeah. bad. 
somebody making the big bonuses that are like mm -hmm. seven figures, that mofo is bad. There's somebody with like a long mustache. <laughs> right. <laughs> a monocle and a white cat and, and just lots and lots of money. And Maggie, did you meet that person? Did you ever meet anybody in person that with you a were mustache and a monocle? sending? No. So... <laughs> So I'm, well, I met the people at the local level. I never met the people that they were working for, like the that they had been the hired by. Yeah. Right. And so um, they would go to these big like water conferences in Hawaii <laughs> and whatnot. What? And I would, I would see their photos from these gatherings. So I, I know there's They're just big... spraying water at yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're it's like, what fucking drought? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're bathing in it. Yeah. They're drinking it. They yeah. don't give a fuck. Yeah. You guys, it's like we're funny, but I just think about like <laughs> we're coming into a dry season here and all the water is being bottled and sold by big corporate. <laughs> <laughs> like, Damn it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Guys. Yeah. We're screwed. Water's been, <laughs> water's been, the, like, they, they, I hear it over and over Rango, again. Rango, Chinatown. Well, it's the same movie. <laughs> but I'm talking about water is like. It is. Subject matter in Hollywood films. You said it in Chinatown. Mm -hmm. What did Mulholland say? It's like, uh, he, whoever controls the water controls Los Angeles, right? Yes. That's that they, they, the all the preppers say, you know, water is going to be the thing. Like when the well, world... yeah, didn't you remember Waterworld and Mad Max, the most recent one, and Fury Road? I mean, there was no one. water, and and it was all about the water. Remember, and she comes back in the end, and she releases the water to everybody. It's like a water's a big deal. I'm just going to remind you that Waterworld, the issue was that there was too much water and no land. But it was all salt water; it wasn't drinkable. That's true. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> always has to be right. Um, anyways, let's talk about the redacted. Let's. Mm -hmm. All right. Talk about redacted. Yes. These are my screen glasses. I sent a pair to Todd. Yeah. And I sent I a like pair to them. someone else. It's because my eyes get really, really, really tired, but the headphones hurt them. But I see that, you better. You know what? That happens to me too. I should get some of those. I'll send you a pair. Yeah. Send you this, a is, pair. this is Jamie's new like gift. She's like, oh, you're having like Because everyone is now on their computers 15 hours a day. Yes. For face-to-face -face conversations. It's my small way of giving something Things to, to people. people. Like, <laughs> I can give to causes and I get, I get the causes, but I also think that we forget that there are that we need things given to us too. We need somebody to think about us once in a while because if nobody thinks time. about us, it's hard for us to keep going and thinking about other things. So the one way that I try to encourage people to think about, to continue to think about the movements and to give is by sending them little treats, like a pair of glasses. Nice. It's, just, it's just, it's stupid. I know, I have weird thinking. Like, I don't know that it helps. No, no, hard, no, I, I think you're right. It's kind of like, the theory of self-care, but it's someone yes. else tending to you, like yeah. just giving you that little boost, that little encouragement. To exactly. Go on. Because yeah. it's hard. We're in hard times. We're in hard times. I mean, not as hard as some, but you know, I don't, we don't have to get into it. Um, 
It's still hard times. Yeah. I went to the doctor a few days ago and I was like, hey, my entire left arm has been going numb. And he was like, are you unwrap you from your saran wrap? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He was like, are you on your computer a lot lately? And I said, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's my whole life now. (laughs) And he was like, ah, don't worry about it. I'm like, I I still think this is not good. (laughs) Like, like one side of your body should not be going numb just like as an everyday. (laughs) But of course your doctor's going to, you know, what's he going to tell you? Like, well, you're going to have to stop being on your computer all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's not an option. So. Yeah. Well, I, yes. Okay. Yes. And I, okay. So a couple years ago, um, and I was really doing, uh, Pilates stuff, but Matt Pilates, not on the reformers. And my hip clicks all the time. I like, I can't do mountain climbers because I have this click in my hip and it hurts. It's like the joint mm-hmm. it doesn't feel good. And so I'm like telling my doctor and she's like, don't do that thing. That was it. <laughs> I was like, okay. And she's like, no, really don't do that thing. Move on, find a new exercise. You're fine. That's what they do. You know, on my, the backpacking trip that's in my book, um, I knew that when I returned to the U.S., I wouldn't have insurance at that time. And so I did a lot of my um, dental work and I got a physical done in Bangkok. And it was great. And it was so nice to walk into a hospital or a dentist's office and have like a price sheet mm-hmm. where they were like, here, a physical is going to cost you $100 or, you know, like, yeah. and, and we will do these tests. And we will, you know, do a cleaning. If we find a cavity, we will fill it and it's going to cost you $25. And I was like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> so, and it was, Very it was good. wonderful and everything was clean and so nice and like the best doctors I've had. Yeah. yeah. That happened had, to Jason. In Bolivia, I had a motorcycle accident and I had to go mm-hmm. in the hospital and a little surgery. Maggie and, knows about the roads in Bolivia. Terrifying. Terrifying. I'm so glad I had a motorcycle accident on the first day. I certainly, certainly would have died had I not gotten in a very minor accident on the first day. Well, a motorcycle peg went through your leg, so it wasn't that minor, and they took you to the doctor, and the doctor was free, and he had stitches and, like, everything. X-rays, and yes, it was, I I, I had excellent care for hours. So he had to force money on them. He was like, no, here, just take money. Let me pay you for the bandages. That's what it amounted to. Wow. He had $8. Yeah. $8 US. That's, and that was, that was when I, like, I said, please let me pay you for the supplies. And they said, well, here's what the supplies cost. Yeah. Wow. Proud people refusing money. Yeah. It's socialized medicine. It's built into their whole economic system. And like, you don't pay for it. They don't have any methodology of accepting money in mm-hmm. a hospital. Yeah, it's part of their system, right? It's so interesting. Oh, we didn't talk about redacted. Yeah, well, um, yeah, no, we haven't. But I want to also talk about Etsy shop really quick because Let's it'll do be Etsy fast. Shop. Let's hit that Etsy shop up. Because I did the same thing, but not with photos. Because <laughs> I was okay. like, oh, I visited your Etsy sick. shop today, and it said that Maggie is taking a break. Did it say that? It says Mag- Maggie's <laughs> taking a break, and I'm looking and look at the post like since 2011. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you forgot to close her Etsy shop. <laughs> <laughs> Maggie, I, Maggie is on the world's longest lunch break. Right. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that sounds like, about right. A, if this is a real shop, I, I could like, I'm envisioning myself like waiting for you to come back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, gone fishing. <laughs> 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 like, I, okay, so I created an Etsy shop when Etsy was still fairly new. And I thought I've taken some good photographs. I'm going to sell them and people will want to buy them because they're nice photographs. Mm -hmm. um, and then I just wasn't aware of like any of the surrounding marketing you had to do. Like, I just thought people would find the Etsy shop. I didn't know that I had to like really promote Steer it. Them. Yeah. And so nobody, nobody ever bought anything ever. And occasionally I would post it on other social media and people would say, wow, great, good luck with that. But nobody ever bought anything. <laughs> and, and then, and I was paying money every month yeah. to list it, which I didn't realize until, you know, maybe uh, way too long into it. I was like, I'm actively losing money on this. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. That happened to me. I like, I had, I did these little sweater vests, but they were like cart sleeveless cardigans mm -hmm. and, um, they're That's cute. Good stuff. Yeah. They're, and I loved them and people kept asking me for one and I was like, okay, well I can get my neighbor who's a seamstress to help me make a bunch of them and then we'll throw them up on Etsy. I'll pay her. And it was so much stinking work. And my idea was just to do it on the side to make some passive income mm -hmm. for like a little bit of work so I could focus on the book. Yeah, not the case. It is so much work that I will never do that again. <laughs> yeah. And, and it turns out that like Etsy actively seems to work against the people who make like the small shops, yep. you know, and promote the bigger ones. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it was, it was almost impossible for anyone to even find my stuff. So, yeah. It's very but, much, I, I mean, their, their algorithm works a lot like my talent agent where, you know, they've got, they've got these stores that make them a lot of money. So they steer more, buyers mm -hmm. towards their stores because it's less of an investment of them. Fairness costs them money. Right. Where they can make more by just dumping everything into the big sellers. And I, yeah. That is like my talent agent because they steer all of the jobs towards the actors who are already working. That's, <laughs> that's my comparison. Yeah. Again, there are bad people out there. <laughs> Like yeah. <laughs> but you know what? That's not a bad. That's not a bad people thing. That's common sense. Like you, I mean, you don't get into you don't open Etsy so you can like make sure everybody has a fair. You like, could, but did they? And is that their responsibility? It might have been their uh, their mission statement. Their mission at the beginning because it was for the person who had a small business or a product and they wanted right. to sell. Like so they were small craftspeople. Yeah. Yeah. So at technically maybe it is Etsy's business. I don't think my talent agent got into the business of being a talent agent to get everybody their fair shot. No, no, they're more like eBay. Yes. But I, Etsy should be for all people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> By the way, I love my talent agents. 
<laughs> yeah, I know. I'm with them too. They're all. But this reminds me, I just um, finished reading a book called No Filter, and it's about um, the creation of Instagram and also um, when Instagram was acquired by Facebook and all the drama behind the scenes. And, you know, the original intent of Instagram is so different than like what it spiraled into, especially mm -hmm. like after Facebook acquired it and they became more set on like growth and advertising dollars and whatnot. Um, but I, you know, I think they started with some really genuine intentions of creating a beautiful, like very curated corner of the internet where you can go see pretty pictures of things, you yeah. know? Um, and that's not what it is anymore. <laughs> there are Don't. some pretty pictures there. Um, there are some pretty I pictures. Mean, yeah, some people are very good with, I, I found that I now, I follow artists and photographers mm -hmm. on it because yeah, that's what I want to see. That being said, I just want to tell everyone that um, Maggie is starting her second book, which is so cool. Mm -hmm. So uh, definitely get out and um, I want everyone to buy Braver Than You Think. It's so good. It's so, 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 so good. We're going to be um, posting a link to a bunch of um, uh, retailers that will ship it to you immediately. Or a writer who will deliver it on a bicycle. Okay. <laughs> and maybe that writer will be someone other than Maggie because she's <laughs> a great civil fire writer in um, No, but it's such a good book. Around the World on the Trip of My Mother's Lifetime, Braver Than You Think. It's so, so, so good. Um, you can also listen to Maggie's podcast uh, with Todd Goldberg, who is a previous guest. We're going to put a link up to that, which isn't technically a podcast, but you can listen to it as a podcast. It's an actual radio show, you guys. It's an actual radio show that makes Jason Bieber laugh. And me. It too, is but. a radio show, but the radio station is on hiatus right now during the pandemic. So now we're podcast only. Well, that's good. That's better because yeah. nobody listens to the radio anymore. Right. I know. We can curse now. So. Exactly. That's fantastic. I'm so excited. Is there anything we're missing? Is there anything you want to plug or that we should add or links we should put up or? Um, just MaggieDowns.com. Maggie, Maggie, thank you so, 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 so much. And thank you for staying late with us because I know um, it was so such a delight to talk to you that we went over and I apologize. I didn't have the timer on. I'm sorry. And please join us next week for the season finale of Make That Paper. Do not worry. It's just the season finale. We'll be back in a month. But join us next week for our very special final guest, our very, very, very special guest. I am so excited. And normally... We would write an intro here, but she sent us her bio, and it's so damn good that we're just going to go ahead and read it verbatim for you right now. Like, most people send us their bios. They're all good, but this one is special. Jason? Lynn Wachter, first of her name, the unaging drinker of whiskey, giver of zero fucks, watcher of TV, sayer of words, slayer of culinary delights, nurturer of gifts, whisperer to the fallen, queen of sleep, keeper of secrets, protector of the realm, knower of things, deflector of haters, and reclaimer of time. I'm gonna watch that show, HBO Max. You can go ahead and air that now, because I'm going to watch that show. Lynn Wachter, ladies and gentlemen. I am so dang excited. Um, I sort of don't know how 
to react. Don't react. Just tune in. I'm really excited. Okay, tune in. The next best thing to watching her on HBO Max until this show exists is our podcast. So come on, listen to Lynn Wachter. Next week on the Make That Paper Podcast. She showed on Monday, made love on Tuesday. Ain't no savings and loans